Hello everyone, I'm Alex, and welcome to episode 12 of Two Gays One Episode. Today, Goat Jesus slash Michael and myself will be finishing our discussion on episode 24 of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And as our podcast resumes, the two of us are discussing the scene where Kaoru comes over to Shinji's place for a sleepover. I appreciate that, like, um, we get a little insight here into Shinji as well, because we've never really heard him talk about his teacher uh to any significant degree and and he really confides in Karu and into us like gives us a glimpse into his feelings about his dynamic with having been abandoned by his father and kind of is seems to be working out his feelings in a somewhat productive way uh in this conversation about it um where he's just like kind of speaking plainly to him about this traumatic event of being kind of abandoned and left to be raised by his teacher. Um, and I don't think we need to see him and his teacher interact at all. I know the manga did that. Um, yeah, but. Oh, I, oh boy. I'm so excited to learn more about Shinji's teacher. But, but it's, it's just interesting that it's like, oh yeah, I was left to some professor to basically raise me the main thing is he wasn't raised by gendo that's like really the only important aspect of that is that gendo abandoned him he never saw his teacher as a father which is interesting to me as well like it's just like oh i was just i I lived with this other person for years and it's just a footnote in my life like that's kind of it's it's just an interesting thing i think it was right after yui died that gendo abandoned him because if you look at, like, the scenes where Gendo left him at the zoo or whatever, he's literally just, like, he's tiny. He's, like, a little, little boy. Yeah. So. He's been living with his teacher for for almost his entire life, like, a decade. And it's. Yeah. And, and he hasn't grown and to was, see him as family, like, this professor. He was only, like, three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that goes without saying anything. The, the professor's not an important character. We don't need to meet him. That's so weird that the manga was, like. Here's Shinji's teacher, the breakout character. Yeah, it it showed that Shinji was, like, living with the teacher, and the teacher had their own kids, and basically just, like, didn't even care or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, but I think that this implies that without needing to show it, it, right? Like, you could imagine that same thing, just based off of of, uh, the way he discusses this. So, I like it. I think it's, I think it 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 builds shinji's like character and his relationships in a very subtle and brief way that implies mm-hmm. a lot without saying a lot it's kind of good it does yeah it's not my favorite shinji scene in that respect but it's still really good so yeah it's and i then mean we have, yeah cello scene and then we have it still <laughs> <laughs> oh the cello scene's good too i i was thinking when he uh i'm, oh, si- I right now. I'm saying gone. like the cello but... scene is my favorite type of this type of writing but which I, I oh, think... Oh, where Oscar comes in and claps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah, he speaks scene. to playing the cello, which is about... Which is a is double that's speak what, That's for literally his, exactly what I was thinking motivation. of. He's like, I just practiced the cello because no one told me to stop. I piloted the Ava because no one told me... That's exactly the scene I was thinking of. That is the perfect Shinji scene, I think. Yeah, that it was is. Written by it Sasakawa, is the definitive allegedly. Shinji scene. Might have um, been Ano, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, it, well, it's kind of similar here. I think Sasakawa wrote this stuff, too. But, yeah, it's a... He didn't write this scene in the bed. He wrote he wrote a sim he wrote a similarly structured scene, but the dialogue was different. So Ano ran with it a bit here, I think. It really speaks to Shinji not easily connecting with other people. Um mm-hmm. probably because of neglect. And so it's extremely yeah. significant that he is connecting so quickly and significantly with Kaoru here. It kind of all ties together that way. So It does, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kaoru was born Kauru. to meet him. I was really yes. born to Kauru meet Shinji. Yes, Kaoru thinks he was born to meet Shinji. There's a lot going on there. That's a very heavy line. It's also very ambiguous, because I'm not sure exactly what he means by that. But uh, obviously he... Was that in the original? It was not Shinji. in the original script, the original draft, no. right? That's an Anno edition. Nope. That's an Anno edition. Um, so... Does he mean like... Also, we, oh, like... we totally skipped over the best thing that we should have talked about. The bath scene is allegedly based... I forget where we got this from. 
but it's based on like an experience Ano had where he was like hanging out in a bathhouse and Ikuhara showed up or something. Yeah, Ikuhara <laughs> and him were at a bathhouse together. That's what it's based off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I think he said it in an interview with with June Magazine because Ano was directly interviewed by June Magazine, which is a BL uh, boys oh, love okay. yaoi magazine, and and he said yeah. he said. Satsukawa has a way with writing homoeroticism. I directed him towards adding the swimming stuff because it's based off of a bathhouse situation where I was, I had a experience with Ikuhara. I think he said that directly in an issue of June Magazine. He didn't so say, he was not vague and said I had an experience with Ikuhara because that implies something a little stronger. I think he just said we had an in-depth conversation or something. He was not like, man, he just said, me and Ikuhara, we had an experience at the bathhouse. <laughs> um, I, I, meant, I meant that more vaguely. I meant to say it's like, it was based off of uh, a night that Ikuhara and I had together at the bathhouse or something. It was it was something. It's even worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> even worse. Uh, and for those who don't remember, Ikuhara is the creator of Utena and Sailor Moon. Uh, and, the anime. And he's adaptation. not the creator of Sailor Moon. He was he was one of the. He's, producers he is the showrunner for the Sailor anime Moon adaptation. Yeah. Yes, part of it. Uh, and he's a genius. He's brilliant. He's wonderful. Um, and he might have uh, he might have had a quickie with Anno in a bathhouse. We're not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was like, oh Hideaki, your ears are not so elephant like. You are. <laughs> so I love your scraggly beard. <laughs> your scraggly beard and your your way with Man, hair curls. The way you forget curls. to shave every three days is just so attractive. Um, <laughs> your proportions are very satchel like. Um, anyway, no. <laughs> oh my god. They po- they uh the female voice actors pointed that out in uh the Ano documentary that his proportions <laughs> are very angel like. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was that's so rude. <laughs> it is kind of rude. <laughs> So that, that's what i'm uh making fun of though uh i'm not i'm not slandering Anno unprompted okay you're just so, quoting someone else who slandering Anno unprompted yeah um his close co-workers who he might have or might not have like sexually harassed we're not sure about that either there's a lot of Anno information in this by the way we don't know any of this this is all hearsay <laughs> It's oh. it's kind of true. I mean, I think I think the Ikuhara point is at least more. It, it's it's a one. We we kind of do know the source for that, so it's it's not as we kind of as hearsay. We but. sourced our rumors, which we didn't verify. I, so I've just no, I've people. read the I've read the original June magazine <laughs> interview, but okay. anyway, um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's just really funny that. The Kaoshinji scene is based on Nano and Ikuhara. So, I don't know. There's a note Just here that says laugh. that, uh... Oh! Um... No, let's talk about the Kaoru Sele stuff. So... Okay, I hate Sele, by the way. Uh, I don't hate Sele. I don't like Sele very much. I think Sele is really stupid every time they show up. And so the director's cut has more Sele... Which the episode did not need. It did not need more Sile. Uh, so there's a really beautiful scene, actually. It's very well animated. Very cool. It's like a misty morning. Kairu's standing on the statue that he appeared on initially. And he's suddenly surrounded by like, this illusion of the Sile gravestones. Sound it makes, only. It makes no sense. That's one Space the, Odyssey pillars. Gra- this scene makes no the sense. It's a huge stones, plot hole. The gravestones as well only have appeared in in like the dark room <laughs> where there's projections and stuff. Like they, they are hollow like literal holograms. Literal holograms. Literal so holograms. How, and now how is Kaoru and, communicating with them? <laughs> so Kaoru beams up or whatever into his I guess his angel powers and is able to create an angelic 
like hologram or whatever that only he can see but the Sele council is also somehow able to connect with but also they appear as the stone tablets that are sound only even though Kaoru knows what all of them looks like and they have no reason to disguise themselves in this particular moment it's so dumb Lawrence like Keel just has psychic powers. He's like, hello, Kaoru. I am communicating with you from afar. I'm, but only with audio. But only audio only. Audio only. I've turned, off, I've turned off my psychic hologram uh, like projection of my body. I'm like... Say <laughs> only with these grave pillar holograms. This was Second not off, in the, the original totally pointless. episode. This was not in the it original. It tells us this almost director's nothing... Cut. It tells us almost nothing new, except that Kaoru is an agent of Sile, which the original episode implied strongly anyway, and also that Ka- that that Adam is in Gendo's hand, which is a humongous plot hole, because at the end of the episode, Kaoru is surprised that Lilith is in Terminal Dogma, but he already mentioned that Adam is in Gendo's hand. Yeah, so the, the body known... of Adam is in Gendo's hand, and he thought the body of Adam was down in Dogma, and like that, yeah, so it's, it's just a... This whole scene, this whole scene makes everything worse. I don't think it was, I I think it was better that it was left out if it was written originally. If it was written after the fact to lead into EOE, they forgot clearly some of the plot points going on here and they should have never added it. It's just, it's just weird. Like this whole thing. I think they just wanted to confirm that Kaoru was a Sile agent. I think that was the main point of this scene. I think it was like, oh, people don't understand what is about. Okay, let's have a scene where he talks to Sile so that we he knows that we know that he's like a Sile agent. And then Kaoru does really this really funny thing where he like looks back at Misato and like, That's the coolest just moment. Like, Dang, did, did he see me? And it's like Did he see you me? You know what when, whenever I watch that scene, it reminds me mm-hmm. of Spider Man three. With uh, with James Franco <laughs> looking back and winking at at Tobey Maguire before disappearing, like <laughs> the most serious movie ever with the most serious role ever, the Harry Osborn from Spider Man Three. That is my favorite Harry Osborn though. It's Troll Harry Osborn from <laughs> Spider Man Three. It reminds me of like Kaoru being a troll here because he's just like, hey, hey, girl, I see you or whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, Whoa. She's like, he's talking to himself. He came out of here in the middle of nowhere to talk to himself. What a weirdo. Even though his back is completely turned to her and she'd have no way of reading his lips or understand that he's talking to himself whatsoever. (laughs) Such a pointless scene. But very pretty. It's very pretty. It is a very pretty scene. It is the worst scene of the episode. And arguably in my bottom like worst scenes of the second half of, of evangelion like period <laughs> but whatever so weird. if you want to know what the other nine are he's gonna do a youtube video on top it 10 worst months. scenes top 10 Neon worst Genesis scenes evangelion. in the second half no 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 in the second half of neon genesis evangelion. it's gonna be a buzzfeed article <laughs> <laughs> number 10 uh <laughs> number 10 should she should she on the rooftop with ken's cane talking about something <laughs> number nine that scene where kensuke calls up shinji and is like i didn't get to be an ava pilot well bye and then appears only one more time after that <laughs> Okay, so Misato confronts Ritsuko. Yes, she goes to the the nerve room. <laughs> in the script, it's described as like a room with bars, but in the final episode, it's the big black room with the nerve logo in the back. Oh yeah, in the script, they also talked about like Ritsuko was bound like BDSM style. Oh yeah, she's like BDSM leather like bindings or something to keep her from like tearing out or something. Yeah. I'm glad they took that out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I think this is much more effective, even though in EOE she's in a regular jail cell. But I do like this. Just her sitting in a chair in the in the the room where 25 and 26 are set, 
where characters just sit in chairs and talk about themselves. Yeah. Um, it's very it's very it's very like indie theater. It's like you'd go into Chicago or Toronto or something, and there'd be like a guy just sitting in a, a folding chair on a blank it's stage great, talking yeah. about himself. <laughs> it's very what it is. It, it it would be kind of actually. They probably were inspired by like beatnik theater kind of stuff when they came up with this and the final two episodes of the series. Um, and and Masato asks him what Kaura is. Does she? What does she answer with? Like Ritsuko. Oh, that's her. Ritsuko's like, uh, I think he might be the final messenger. So she she drops the title. Uh, that's basically all she says. And then we yeah, cut she basically to... says, I think he's an angel. Okay, yeah. I think he's an angel. He might be the final messenger, the final angel. And then Oda Joy plays the. <sighs> I don't remember. I think it's the fourth movement or something. I don't remember which movement it is, but it's it's the fun part. It's the it's the drink milk love life part that everyone remembers. Um. Yeah, and it's just an explosion of emotion and feeling, and uh, the whole episode is directed in such a way that like every little thing that's happened up to this point has just kind of been building to this climax, this operatic climax of musical explosion that everyone will uh experience and it's full of love and it's full of hate and it's full of every emotion you could possibly think of because this song is amazing this is probably one of the best pieces of classical music of all time i think uh in terms of yeah especially excuse me especially in terms of just pure id just the total total emotional overload i think it's honestly incredible that Anno could hire Beethoven himself to compose this for, for <laughs> yeah, Evangelion. Yeah, compose the score of Evangelion. <laughs> he hired Beethoven and the guy who wrote Jesus, mine best billets or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know who wrote that song. <laughs> All the classical pieces. I can't believe he resurrected them. He cloned them in his... Of course. In his core factory where all the parents of the Evangelion, of the children of Shinji's class are kept. So, they also, so anyway, Kaoru's angel name is Tabris, right? Yes, um, which I so, think is the angel of free will. I the think angel of free is. will, huh? Okay, that's kind of interesting because, you know, Kaoru is the one who is the angel that broke from his his mm-hmm. purpose as an angel to allow humanity to survive and do something irrational mm-hmm. for them, which I think is like really interesting. So mm-hmm. I think that's what, yeah. partly why Kaoru says he was born to meet Shinji because it's, yeah. it's like he helped him make the decision as well to, to save humanity that it, that it's yeah. worth saving. So it's like, I was born to meet you because now I, it feels like Kaoru has never really had any interactions with any people like like any real interactions like he was probably isolated for years or something and mm-hmm. and I think that he uh, um, is grateful to have made a human connection with somebody else for sure and so that's that's kind of like it's given him a new perspective on life and others 100%. um and he talks about that with the AT field, right? Like the AT field is, and what it represents. Yeah, is... he explains what the AT field is. Isn't it weird how personable Karu is and how not personable Ray is? Like they they have totally different personalities, despite being the same, quote unquote. It's yes. Weird. It's interesting. It must be because of like you know Karu is more of, um, is more of the, the Adam kind of figure who is more angel yeah. than than i think ray is like he's more angelic than ray is i think uh as an angel yeah. um i'm not sure why but yeah I just ray cool. like kaoru has the soul of adam i'm i'm pretty sure is the thing so he has uh, a yeah. personality that has come already whereas ray has to develop personhood uh through experience so that's kind of yeah. i think one of the big differences now we're getting into the weird Evangelion lore, where which yeah, the lore debates all the time of like, what soul does Ray have? Is it the soul of Lilith? Were Pen Pen's feet made by Gendo when he was cloning Ray? Like, I it's think, all the, it's I, all think silliness, but... I think Ray's I think Ray has her own soul that she's created herself through experience because that's that's part of what um it's the lore with dolls, right? Like dolls develop sure. souls through experience, 
And I think that's kind of what it's oh, supposed to be. Uh, I, I think it's... they say, like, there was no souls left in the chamber of Guff when we made re- it's something stupid like that. But... Yeah, yeah. She's developed her, because the idea is in Japanese culture that a doll, it's, it's like a wives' tale, that, like, a dolls mm-hmm. would develop souls through having been played with often enough. And so the idea is okay. that something without a soul can, be, you can create a soul through just mm. having it have experiences with others and i think that's kind of what that explains why ray is so much colder and distant but also why she kind of develops one and becomes more of a person over time uh ray too maybe or... maybe lawrence keel was just like a great dad unlike gendo like maybe lawrence <laughs> keel went to all the soccer games <laughs> he, he put he put Kyra in piano school and he listened and he was just really connected with him um, much it would more be, so than Gendo was with Rey, so it would be fascinating to see what Kaoru, uh, what Ano or the crew could come up with for like what Kaoru's life was before this. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the rebuild would have been an opportunity to have like shown a glimpse <laughs> yeah. of that, but <laughs> rebuild would be a yeah. great opportunity to do little stupid things like that that we want to see like more Kaoru. More all of that, but instead well, it's just a like. I could like imagine like he grew up in this white chamber with like a bookshelf and like a piano and that's it or something. Like it's just <laughs> it's just kind of that's what it reads and to his me as. Cyborg AI buddy K twenty two. I don't know what the hell I'm talking um, about. But yeah, uh, he has Kaoru has powers. He is he is a he master does. of unlocking. He can unlock doors with his mind. He's telekinetic, apparently. Yeah. Um, He's, uh, he can float. He can float. So. He has an AT field. And, over and, and the AT field, by the way, is like a metaphor for how uh, it's basically the spines of like a hedgehog in the hedgehog's dilemma. It's like yes. the th- the walls that we put up that push each other away. And there's a yeah. There's a reason it's called the absolute terror field. It's, it's yeah. in the opening, isn't We're it? too afraid Absolute to get terror. closer to each other, and so therefore we, we put up walls and things like that, which has to do with that whole, um, that idea of, like, um, partly the self-hatred is that wall. Like, mm-hmm. the AT field is that sort of thing where you push people away because of your attitude and your general, like, like um, mm-hmm. your flaws and all these problems that you're going through. And that's kind of like, that's what it's a metaphor for in part. And um, when you when you love yourself or accept love from others, you're lowering that AT field. That's the idea is that you're lowering your walls. Yeah. It's like a metaphor. That. It is yeah. a metaphor. It is it a is metaphor. Literal. It is not literally powered by your self-hatred. So <laughs> don't try and use your self-hatred to create a Unless barrier. Unless you're Gendo in the manga. Monsters, please, this this podcast does not endorse that. I love Gendo um, in the manga, by the way, because during the events of EOE, he creates like AT fields. He gets like magic powers because of the atom embryo in his hand. And he's just like, I'm blocking bullets with my AT field. It's like really, <laughs> it's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um okay all right it's exciting i guess um yeah so anyway shinji and Ka- and kaoru not kaji shinji and kaoru have their little connection uh confrontation here uh absolute terror field kaoru finally confirms what it is uh this is also like an escalation of the, the angels really escalate to this point because ariel armasail and then finally, Kaoru all are more human and more able to interact in a human way with the pilots. Yes. So Zero, that's what I mean when like Zero is the most powerful physical angel. He's the biggest uh, physical threat. He's destructive. He's mighty, but he's still like just a dumb animal, like most of the angels are. But then after that, they get more sophisticated and intelligent and start attacking them in ways yeah. that like technology can't deal with. To tie this into Spider Man, um, they. Uh... <laughs> They I didn't expect us to bring up Spider-Man twice they, in this episode they, of the podcast. They attack his they attack his heart is the thing. The angels They first attack his heart. Yeah, that's what the that's what the final set of angels ends up doing. I think Kaoru is the I think Kaoru is a benevolent and good symbol, especially re, like recontextualized by End of Eva, right? Where yeah. like 
it seems like Kaoru did had no intention of hurting Shinji and things like that, but No, he, I don't think he planned like, oh, I'll get close to him and then I'll die. No, yeah, yeah. I absolutely do not think I do not think that that was an intentional like outcome. Like he was hoping that no. Shinji would take that sacrifice and live his life to his fullest and be happy. Like that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of what Kaoru was hoping it, is his vision of it, the future. It's clearly an aspect of the show that Kaoru hurts Shinji because uh, have we talked? We must have talked about this. How the last four angels or the last four episodes rather are the destruction of each character. So Masato Kaji dies and she becomes obsessed with uncovering the the secrets of Sile and she stops connecting with the kids and the kids lose her as a guardian. And then Asuka's destroyed because she she fails as a pilot. She lost to Zeruel and then the angel attacks her mind with Hallelujah over and over Ariel, again until she yeah. goes insane. Ariel. And then Ray sacrifices herself and explodes with Armasail. So it's a destruction of each one. And then this is Shinji's destruction where he bonds and grows to love this kind, uh, thoughtful boy. And that boy dies and he just can't live with it. So it's really the destruction of the four main cast members, one after the other. Yeah. Which is very cool. Good job. Good structure. Anno, I think I can attribute that to you. So good job. <laughs> Probably. <Anno>. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Omedato. <laughs> Oh man, that's all. I I think it'll be. I th- um... I think it's also cool that Kaoru is effectively just a boy. Like he has special powers, but he's he's really just a flesh and blood. Thing. Which is, by the way, another nothing... Jesus parallel. Another Jesus parallel is that like um, yeah. Jesus took on humanity. Oh, Jesus he became is mortal. A... Yeah, he became immortal. Yeah. Like like that's like the whole idea is that this is a form of God who became mortal, and that's that's another parallel. But yeah. It is kind of unfortunate that immortal and a mortal sound so similar if you say them fast enough. A mortal, <laughs> yes, he became a mortal, a mortal being. Um, yes. But uh, yeah. uh so that, and that is Masato is prepared to is. blow up the whole facility, right? Yeah. So we needed a Huga arc for some reason. We needed, <laughs> he needed to have a role in this story. It just wouldn't be complete without lots of Huga. I like that Hugo has always had this like romantic thing with Masato, right? Where he's <laughs> it's so he, random in this episode, though. He, it's not. He's been actually talking with her a couple episodes, like before they were in a car together. No, I know, but it's just yeah. like this epic confrontation between Shinji and Kairu, and then we cut away to, I'm okay with dying if it's next to you, though, Miss Masato. Like, okay, thanks, dude. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm glad that I, that's there. Um, it's a nice little touch. It's just weirdly timed. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, and then there's this weird bit where they land on this moon-like surface. And I don't know if this is supposed to be like the surface of the black moon. Uh, I, I think guess it the is. the other side of the black moon. Because they're in the black moon already. Like the black moon is all around the whole f- facility. Um... I think this is right. inside the black moon. Like the outer shell is like the black black moon, and then yeah. the inside so is the like inside the... is white. Yeah, yeah. Because I never realized that it's that like an Oreo. The head, uh... <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like poetry. Um, it's like <laughs> like Oreo. Oreo. I never re- I never realized that Neoe when they when they show the the moon rising and and all that that like the headquarters was inside the moon and that's why they're yeah yeah the little pyramids like on top it's like on the surface yeah yeah so somehow they get into the moon somehow um and uh yeah then Kaoru does that really cool thing where he just like flicks his eyes and opens the door to heaven the heaven's door they call they literally call it heaven's door i'm not actually sure why they make that metaphor in universe but it's it's a cool little metaphor um i guess lilith is in evangelion terms is the the progenitor progenitor some progenitor progenitor of humanity progenitor progenitor of humanity so she's kind of the god of humanity in evangelion so uh yeah so might as well be heaven and tara walks in just like strolls in and he's like oh my god why isn't adam here after i had that conversation with sile where i said adam was in gendo's hand I don't understand. Um, and then he implies that there's some, like, plot. He's like, ah, oh, Lilith! The Lilin! I get it now! 
that's what they were planning. And I'm like, what, what plan? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of weird Lilith. dialogue here that doesn't Lilith. necessarily make sense. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Lilith. He's <laughs> he's realizing that I well the thing is that it's it seems like he was told to come here for a different reason that he was going to reunite his body with um with Adam because he is the soul of Adam. And mm-hmm. so the idea is that he was yep. going to become Adam and and become a whole again. That seems to be what the plan was or that what, he, what that's what he was told barring the director's cut messing everything up. But the uh yeah. uh so but th- now that Lilith is here, he realizes that if he had merged with it, then it would have caused an impact, an explosion. And this could have been an opportunity for Sele to have used that to maybe wish for instrumentality. Um, So Kaoru is stopping instrumentality from happening, which means that Sele is going to have to use their plan B because they have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and everything like that. And, uh, and they're going to use the Ava series interfering with. They're going to use the Ava series to merge with unit one to do it instead. So, because unit one is the last remnant of, of Lilith really like, or one of the remnants of Lilith. So it's the, the lore is the lore is very simple. It's Adam plus Lilith plus anti AT field equals impact. That's okay. So Evangelion's lore is not really something I'm that, that I understand and that I really especially care about, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it doesn't super matter. It's much more character based. Yeah. Who gives a, it's a much more character driven <laughs> show. I'm, which I'm um, about. but yeah, it, in uh, terms of the lore, it's Lilith plus Adam plus anti AT field to merge them together creates an explosion that will grant a wish to whoever wants to wish it. And the Dead Sea Scrolls predicted that uh, instrumentality would happen, which ends up actually happening because Shinji is, uh, ends up wishing for it by accident. So Sele got what they wanted, even though Shinji could have potentially wished for anything he <laughs> okay. wished for instrumentality. So that's that's like a whole thing. But yeah. to guide we'll, ta- we'll the, talk the about it in EOE. <laughs> oh, do we'll we have to? It in EOE. Um, uh, just must a we? Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing maybe is he realizes that the humans are also angels. The Lilin are part of Lilith, so they're angels too. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It but the, the yeah, the thing is that like humanity is uh is as much of an angel as as the angels are. So that's that's maybe yeah. a, a revelation. It's like that we are that we're not different. We are the same in actuality. So um, yeah, and so humanity about, humanity living on is not a problem because in a way the angels did mm-hmm. end up populating so it's kind of like life is valuable and life is it has sustained at this point so it's there's no point to have a conflict yeah, i suppose so i suppose <laughs> oh it makes my head hurt um also the director's cut did do a one good thing uh in the original episode and i checked this lilith doesn't have her legs for some reason when Kyra's looking at her even though she regrew her legs right. in episode 22. Uh, but in the director's cut, they fixed that and she does have legs. So good job. Good job, Anosan and team. Uh, and then, yeah, Kairu makes a big decision. Decides, you know what? I could do what I've been basically programmed to do and what I instinctually want to do and just dive at Lilith and merge with her and wipe out all of humanity. But I like humanity. I like you, Shinji. I don't want you to die. And it's a really nice little moment, nice little thing. And then they do their little avant-garde trick where they're like, aha, we have to fill another minute of time. We'll just linger on this one shot of Unit 1 holding Kaoru in her hand for like a good minute to really delay this moment. I don't know if this is as effective as the elevator scene. Because I think with the elevator scene, uh, that's like a, a relatable thing. You can think about like, oh, I got to get somewhere and you're stuck on the elevator for like two minutes with someone you don't want to talk to. Maybe that's really relatable. So it's like the anxiety of it is kind of awkward, but this is just kind of like a still shot and you're waiting for Kyle I to do die think that this is kind of miserable. This is the worst use of, of this technique because this is the third time this has happened now. 
Because there was also Masato the at the train station. Masato stands at the train station staring at, at Shinji. Station? We reviewed that episode, I'm sure. When? Yeah, this is episode four, I believe, at the end when Shinji decides to stay. Uh, he's at the train station and he doesn't get oh. on the train to leave. And Masato and Shinji <laughs> stare at each other for like a good 50 oh, seconds. Oh, episode four. Okay, no, we didn't really. I didn't really do notes on that one. So I was just like, oh, I just watched every episode of this show like four times. When did that happen? uh yeah yeah it was really early on but it was another use of the technique where it's like really long let's hold on it for like ages and i think it i think this is i I think this is really emotional though but i think it is less effective yeah i think it would have been fine if it was shorter by like half the time um so Mm -hmm. yeah you do get to listen to the though to joy bridge the bridge and note to joys that's nice Mm mm-hmm uh and shinji murders kaoru in the most gruesome way he possibly could by squeezing him and popping his head off like a cork um uh yeah so kaoru and yeah so his head drops into the lcl lake beneath lilith and it's really sad and gruesome and kind of depressing and yeah. I really like Kaoru and I wish he was in the show more but uh, I don't know how, how I have some good news for it, you I, they... I do what? I have some good news for you uh the Evangelion manga has him for several chapters but I don't really like the Evangelion manga that much <laughs> no I don't either um it's it's a double-edged sword because Kaoru is characterized completely differently there and it's I don't like it as much so yeah I, th- um, I think Sasakawa writes these like mysterious pixie boys really well it's all of gilgamesh too he writes the there's a yeah, character he's a pixie dream there's boy. a character in gilgamesh who's practically kaoru in a lot of ways so yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really good so then we get ava unit one being washed like a shot of that and then we have shinji oh a shot of that with i think is it gendo and ray standing i think it's gendo and ray standing next to each other yeah, uh, they're wearing, like, raincoats. Yeah, as opposed to Gendo and Ritsuko, which was... So, the same scene yeah. happened earlier on, I think, in episode... It's the episode 16, it's, I believe, with Liliel. Yeah, it's Liliel. And, yeah, and now it's Ritsuko's been like, and now They'll she's been find replaced. out the truth, and they'll hate us forever. And Gendo's like, Soka. Yeah, he's... So um, now Ritsuko's been replaced with Rei here. Um, and then we get... So that kind of ties up that loose thread a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, I quickly want to go back and just... Um, discuss ray she so ray was like watching kaoru like die uh yeah and that's quantum ray uh and i wonder if they is ha- it quantum ray i th- yeah i think i wonder if they ha- there's no other way she could have gotten there pretty much um she had no ava unit she can't float or whatever she does also watch people die quantum ray is always watching people die yeah she's so. the reaper of souls and it makes sense for quantum ray to be there to also make sure that Kaoru comes into instrumentality later. So that's like, that's part yeah. of how he winds up. I don't know there. if that's as important, but um, I don't know if we need an explanation for how Kaoru appears in a magnificent L- uh, LSD dream sequence, but yeah. 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 Uh. But, but it's, it's just, it's just kind of interesting that we have quantum ray appear there a little bit. Um, I always assumed it was just the actual Ray, and she just like flew down there. And... <laughs> she flew down. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Hey guys. Um, that makes a lot more sense than this quantum. Ray. I never thought about that. Yeah, she's like, okay. Yeah, harbinger of death. That, that's actually really cool. I always thought like, why is Ray in this scene? That's so stupid. <laughs> she just flew down there or something. But okay, no, no, no. Time traveling. I accept time traveling. Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. And then uh, uh, Shinji's on the beach, and he's talking with Masato. Mm-hmm. And Masato, um, as we sort of talked about beforehand, is pretty cold and distant here. Um, she basically says, Kaoru wanted death. It's not your fault. Uh, he is an angel. He was the enemy anyway. It was cool that you killed him. Um, and then he goes like... Get over it. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, she's, she's like, get over it. And then he's just like, how could you be so cruel, you know? and whatnot that's really cold it's it's a like shinji talks about how kaoru is the first person that told him that he loved him which Mm -hmm. uh makes more sense to be love there as well because (laughs) 
if this is the first, <laughs> the first person who ever liked me. No yeah. one's liked me before. No one's liked you before. Yeah, that, see, that kind of gets it. Get kind of gets like futzed up if you translate it the other yeah. way. Um, but um, uh, Shinji, uh, this is what kind of makes me think that it was a bit codependent on Shinji's end. At least is like he brings yeah. up the fact it's like I don't miss Kaoru like for who he was. He says specifically. He focuses on the, mm. the, the the he liked me he, he praised me like that's that's what's toxic it's not it's not that Kaoru is toxic it's Shinji's coming at it from a toxic angle I think it's like this is well, he, Shinji's just not he's not well adjusted enough to to actually he's not well adjusted enough to have friends he shouldn't have friends I no I um, think he I think he does need friends and things like that or yeah. it's good it's a good thing to have friends he, he has just, friends honestly. Throughout the show, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, he has friends throughout the show. Ray is his friend. Oscar is his friend. Even though he hates Oscar, and Oscar hates him. Um, Masato, they're definitely friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In spite of it all, like, <laughs> like like circumstances are really why he doesn't have a close relationship with Masato, Oscar, Ray, Kaoru. It's not really that any of those relationships were inherently toxic in my mind. It's just that circumstances pulled them apart. Yeah, I think. I don't, and I don't think Takaru is being the toxic one here. I think it's mainly just Shinji approaching the relationship and the dynamic from I a bad headspace. Like it's like I don't. Yeah. I think it's tragic. I don't think it's toxic at I, all. I think, I, don't I think, think it is tragic. Like that's that's also what I'm trying to get to is that yeah. it's a tragedy of circumstance and not necessarily that Kaoru is a bad person in Shinji's life or intentionally did this or was manipulative. No. I don't. And I think that Shinji only because he's so self-hating and kind of uh-huh. came to the table with that at the forefront. Well, he's desperate. That he that he took he took kind of like bad types of things away from from the dynamic at the end of the day but it's not it's not anybody's fault it is circumstance and that's like kind of just how i see it as well is like it's it could have it could have been a even this moment as tragic as it is could have been more beautiful and life-affirming if if shinji took it from a a specific angle right where it's like Mm-hmm. This is, it's a horrible thing that happened, but I have to live my life and, and Karu wanted me to do that. And that's what I should do. So, you know, like that's sort of, and Misato is so wrapped up in her vendetta with the angels that she can't humanize the other right in this circumstance. Well, I, and that's, kind I think of... it's more than that. I think Misato had her own tragedy. I think she had her own tragic event that she lost her father and that made her catatonic for like who knows how long. And her way of getting out of it was basically to ignore it. Yeah, to push basically... it down. And that's how she's kind of dealing with Kaji's death as well. You know, she's dealing with grief on her own on her yeah. own wavelength, and she's just like, just get over it. Like you know, like just that's what I it. did. And and that's, that's what I did. and that's not how. That's not. I don't think Shinji needs to just get over it. And that's never what I've been saying here. I'm saying like no, no, he, no. I know he needs he needs to evaluate what he's done forgive himself for his mistakes realize that he's not he's not made just mistakes he's done a lot more good than bad and kind of like and like be more fair and kind to himself like you should be kind to Mm -hmm. yourself and that's like all you have yeah um shinji's not kind enough to himself like that's the problem he's relying on other people to be kind to him for him and and but he needs to look uh, in the mirror and say like you're not a bad person like you're you're a good person and you're you're worth it's worth you being here so but i don't know if that's what this story is about but i do think that's the ultimate point of his character yeah the ultimate point of the character in this story it is it's about love and loss and sort of how shinji um how like again with misato i think misato really drove the nail into that catatonic state that we see shinji at the beginning of eoe i think it was kind of her fault by accident that it sort of along with kaoru it's everything sort of culminating he he can't rely on her at all in these last five episodes she's destroyed yeah like like we point out she's destroyed by kaji's death she can't she can't be there for Shinji. So she's saying stupid things to him. Yeah. And it's that she shouldn't be saying, and he should just, he needs to process this on his own. And she's just like, you know what? You're good because you chose to live and he chose to die. So it's fine that he died. Like, that's not what Shinji wants to hear. 
it's it's not what Shinji needs to hear, you know, and that's no, yeah. It's it's like she should have come at it with compassion and reaffirmed what Kaoru wanted. Mm-hmm. It was like Kaoru wanted you to like live, so and he was like yeah. and he his sacrifice was meaningful, like as in he gave him himself up for you and like for us all and we should be thankful for that and like well and beyond um, that so beyond that shinji would be a sociopath if he could murder his friend by squishing him in his hand and then be like okay it's fine he wanted me to have to have a happy life and i'm happy now that would be ridiculous like masato's expectations for shinji here are not even realistic like shinji's gonna need time to get over that yeah and yeah, yeah. he's just putting him down really is it, what it's, she's doing what's interesting to me is that the way she's approaching it reminds me a lot of like how it's been described like culturally in japan how people treat other people who have gone through with tragedy mm-hmm. and stuff it's that whole like yeah. like get over yourself you have a responsibility to you know yada 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 to other people stop caring about your own grief and whatnot and just get over it and that's kind of i think i think it's a really bad i think that's really i think that's really toxic right like that that sort of idea that if you're if you're suffering and going through a lot of anguish in this moment to to then just kind of be like you're immature and you should just be a stoic entity and and like get over it like that type of thing like bottle it up push it down all that all that um yeah it's, i mean that's it's not kind of bad to japan at all that's that's very no that's very yeah like, that's the whole world is like that <laughs> unfortunately um, it's like you know i've been doing a lot of research into this and there's zen buddhist practices are like part of the foundational core of japanese culture and the de-emphasis of the individual and kind of the mm-hmm. emphasizing uh like getting over it letting go like that those are foundational pillars to japanese culture which is partly why it is so like it can feel really cold and uncaring because you know buddhism is not meant to to be used that way but it kind of is used that way by a lot of people uh in japan so it's kind of it's used as like a excuse to dismiss other people's anguish and and personhood uh, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. But that's why it's uniquely that way. That's why I bring it up as like a Japanese thing. Because uh, people do it over here in the West too. Um, yeah. But they, but that's, but that's more like, uh, it's not based in like the culture as much in like a very pinpointed way. Mm-hmm. I think Stoicism is very similar, like Stoicism in Greek culture. And so the philosophy, yeah, yeah, yeah in the philosophy. And so that's kind of where it comes from in Western culture. But it's, it's like, you know i think that there would i think a lot more people would be more willing to be there emotionally or someone would be there emotionally for shinji not masato as a character as a character she would not but that that like i do think that the way that we deal with grief is like more um is like a little healthier overall i guess that's maybe a bit judgmental maybe. i'm sorry depends. to any japanese people but depends yeah but yeah <laughs> it depends it depends right but uh, i think that there's are, i think there's more just like recognition specific. for the individual as as like going through this yes. process in american so, culture certainly yeah the individual is emphasized much more than it is in japan yeah and, and there needs to be a balance uh, with all things i think i think uh, collectivism isn't totally bad and I don't think individual mm-hmm. individuality is totally bad. There has to be a balance with things, right? Where it's like yeah, it's other people are important and you have to care for others but you also have to care for yourself and and be seen as a person who is going through something and not as like, not be perceived as irresponsible because you're sad and going through a lot as an individual. So... Yeah, you yeah. know, to put it to TLDR, Evangelion's broken our brains, and <laughs> we don't know where we are. <laughs> We've been talking about an episode of Evangelion for almost two hours, uh, which is not not a new experience, by the way. But we've never recorded it before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so, just a, the day anyway, in the life. So this is just a day in our lives. It's like, yeah. Um, five-hour re- Skype conversation, but the fact that the we Lord can Lord have Lord. a two-hour conversation of what is extensively a twenty-four-minute episode is pretty remarkable. Yes. Uh, oh my god, a, a, we've been talking for more than three times as long as this episode <laughs> is actually. Uh, it, wow, you know, 
like Ava's really dense and this is the culmination of a lot of really dense character dynamics that have been have been building mm-hmm. and culminating and for me this is this is the end of the series. I know that a lot of people really love episode 25 and 26. I think that episode 25 and 26 are very important uh culturally to to Japan and NGE. to the art movements like um like we wouldn't have the super flat movement without episode 25 and 26 but whenever i watch the show or whenever i show new people this i stop here this is the this is the ending point and then move over to end of eva because to me end of eva takes a lot of what i really liked about episode 25 and 26 and really amplifies that to a different level like i I think yeah go on i think what makes the most sense is to watch eoe and then watch 25 and 26 because i think eoe gives you context for what 25 because 25 and 26 just have random flashes of things happening and you're flashes like, to hell? stuff that happens in eoe yeah it happens in the eoe and it doesn't make any sense without the context of eoe so i think that makes the most sense and I'd... incidentally incidentally yeah. that is how we are going to do this podcast we're going to do yes two episodes two episodes on eoe and then we're gonna do one episode on 25 and 26 collectively yes and so uh stick around for that um we also recorded uh as kind of like aforementioned or mentioned throughout this whole episode is that we recorded a bonus episode on our patreon based on uh the the yep. original draft of the satsukawa script yeah satsukawa's draft for episode 24 it's really funny you guys should listen to it so check it out on our patreon yes. along with like our like hours at this point of other content right so um, uh yeah yeah with all the bonus episodes put together you can get like 10 bonus episodes yeah we've got um for, like probably five hours of, of like exclusive content on there so that's cool about half hour each so yeah five hours right. and um uh as for yeah the next one we're going to be talking about eoe and then we're going to be talking about episode 25 and 26 as one episode um and then we'll be moving on from ava we're close to the end at this point not forever though probably we'll probably come back to ava at some point (laughs) talk about the rebuild (laughs) do commentary on the rebuild (laughs) just talk about the episodes again (laughs) well we didn't talk enough about episode four we're just gonna do the whole of episode four alex forgot about the long shot scene so might as well rewatch it (laughs) um Uh, no but uh we are interested in what you guys want to hear about next even though because we're a bi-weekly podcast we're not going to be done for another like two months so uh or month and a half but uh yeah so if you want to vote on what we cover next i think we're going to do fma or something but beyond that if you want to vote that's on our F- Patreon. fma makes a lot of sense to do um so if, but if you want something else let us know maybe we'll do it after maybe we'll do it before so just just say something okay mm-hmm. um yep. Thank you Thanks all for, for listening. listening to this two-hour episode of two gays, one episode. One hour I for each it. gay. <laughs> one hour for each gay. Two hours, one episode. Uh, <laughs> God, my brain's broken. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, and it. you guys have a have a, have Check a great out the Patreon. One. Have a great day. Have yep. a good day. Bye. Bye.